The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. We got a nice thank you from Evergreen Park High School today via Twitter. I saw that. I'm going to read it for anybody that didn't see it. It it said to the EP podcast, thank you so much for helping to advertise our food drive today. They sent this out actually uh, yesterday. The food drive was yesterday. You heard about it on the on-demand show that's up right now. Uh, Everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the EPpodcast.com. Thanks so much for helping us advertise our food drive today. Three vehicles worth of food went to the Village Pantry. Many folks said they heard about it from you. Thanks for keeping, helping us to keep all connected in Evergreen Park. So that's it. And that's what we're trying to do. We were happy to do it. That's the reason why, look, I don't get any more for doing three shows than I get with one. Honestly, you don't hear me run any advertising on Wednesdays and Fridays. We're just Mm -hmm. kind of doing this. So I think that's kind of like the fun thing is that we're having a good time while we're doing it and anything we can do to help out. We had Amy Kazen on last Wednesday to talk about it. We mentioned it again on Friday's live show, and then we put it on the on-demand show on Monday. So, and, and they got a great response from it, and I'm just happy that we were able to help out. So, let me tell you what we're doing tonight, Hannah, because I want your advice. All right, tell me. I actually just want your response to this. Okay. My daughter was told maybe a week and a half, two weeks into this thing, mm-hmm. while she's homeschooling, that she had to do a music video. And she's supposed to do a music video. Now, I remember discussing this with her maybe three weeks ago and coming up with the idea while we were sitting around talking. And then I heard nothing about this until today when it became such a big deal again. So luckily I was like, all right, we can handle this. We can do this. This isn't a big deal. She's in, she's in the eighth grade. She's at MHR. I'm like, don't worry. Dad's got all the equipment. We'll just do it down by where the studio is. I'll pump the song through this. I'll use this soundboard. It'll look great. I'll put up a video, the same thing that I use when I film the masses for Most Holy Redeemer that we put up every Sunday. I'll do the entire thing and we'll just sit down here. We'll do the song. So we're going to film it right after we're done with the show tonight. Got everybody oh, involved. What song are you doing? Whole or is she doing? I'm going to do the cup song with Anna Kendrick. The When I'm Gone song. One. You know that one? When nope. I'm gone. When I'm gone. You don't remember that one? You don't know that one? Nope. Uh, whatever. Nope. She plays a cup. Audrey can do the thing where you can make the entire <laughs> beat with a solo cup. It's like a trick that you do where you're flipping the oh, cup Oh, nice. Around. I've seen that done before. She can okay. do that. So that's what she's going to do. Okay. So anyway, we're going to film this thing tonight. So as I'm at the dinner table, 20 minutes before we go on air tonight, my son, the sixth grader, Now, at Redeemer, the 6th graders, 7th graders, and 8th graders all share a teacher who has been at the table while we've discussed his sister's music video on multiple occasions. He never mentioned his? Tells me I'm going to need a (gasps) copy of that because I have to give it to Mrs. So-and-so as well for mine. Uh, And I go, a copy of it? What? And he goes, well, I'm going to be in it, right? I'm like, yeah, you're going to be standing in the background. We got a part for you. He's oh, like, yeah, he yeah, thinks I'm, he's just getting off easy. I'm going to get a copy of that. Oh. I'm not getting a copy of that. I said, you make I'm your pretty, own. I, and, and Audrey's like, Audrey goes, she goes, she, whoa, hold on a second. You have to do it too. I don't think you can use mine. I'm not getting points taken off because we shared something. You have to come up with no. your own. Right. Now, the look on his face is priceless. Because <laughs> I'm like, this is me. This is me as a, as a, as a young man. Like waiting until the last minute to do something like this. He's my punishment for me pulling this on my parents my entire life. This is my punishment. I can't believe that. He was just going to sneak in and think he's just going to be like in the background. And then 
Oh my God. When I used to pull this kind of crap on my mother, I think she went to bed at night, said a rosary, and prayed to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost that one day I would have one just like me that did the same thing to him. And so, you have three of them. And I have three of them. <laughs> and so Dominic just looks at me and I go, buddy, I'm, I'm going out and doing a podcast in five minutes. When is this due? Tomorrow. When did you know about it? I don't know. She mentioned something today while we were all on a Zoom thing, you know, with the class that uh, those that haven't heard, turned it in, remember to get it in tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, and you don't even remember being assigned this. He's like, no, no, I don't even remember. Like, oh, you're of course the only, not. You're she the just only kid sprung who, it on him? Yeah. You're the only kid just between the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade that didn't see this coming until just now. So I have to film Audrey's, and then I got to slap something together for Dominic. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. And, and, and it was hard, enough trying, it's hard enough trying to figure out. And here's the thing that I think that stinks about the assignment. Like, you have to involve the whole family. Like, Erica doesn't want to do this. She's like, I don't want to. Oh, the whole family has to be in it? Right. She's like, why do I have to do this? I'm why not does going it have to, school to involve anymore. the whole family? Right. I don't know. She's like, why am I involved in this? I don't have to go to school anymore. Why do I have to go and do this? I pay the school. Why yeah. do I have to do the assignment? Right. Right. So I'm pretty sure Dominic is just going to be on his own and maybe his father will make an appearance. I think that's all he's going to get in his. Uh-huh. Because he waited until the last minute and it was hard enough. Get- the actors are very fickle over here. It was a, hard, it was a multi-week <laughs> negotiation just to get him the on the first music video. There's no way I'm fitting him on the second one. So that's what oh, we're going to end up doing tonight. So we're doing music well, videos. That'll, that'll be fun. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see both of them, especially uh, to see what Dominic pulls out. I'm going to post them both okay. on the EP podcast feed. So when they're done, I will randomly release them for those that are <laughs> subscribers. So they can watch them and they will come across as a video podcast. So if you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or looking through Podbean or going to the website, theeppodcast.com, whatever like that. If you're a subscriber, you'll get to see the music videos. I really believe the one that I'm doing with my daughter is going to be amazing because I had time to think about it. Right. I it was don't planned. know if the one with my son will be any good, but you're going to get to see the one that, that Dominic does. It's just <laughs> going to come out genius. <laughs> Does your financial advisor actually take time to listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? Why worry about those things when Tom Walsh is nearby? He's your local Edward Jones financial advisor. He works with you, focusing on what's important to you. He uses an established process to create personalized financial strategy, and he partners with you to help your strategy stay on track. Listen, families in South Chicago land have been benefiting from Tom's get-to-know-you approach and do-the-right-thing values for over 18 years. Contact my close personal friend and also a fellow Brother Ice alumni, Tom Walsh. He's your local Edward Jones advisor, located in Mount Greenwood, right outside of the EP at 111th and Kedzie. Member SIPC. Mark Marzullo, Village Trustee, is on the air with us. Mark, can you hear us? I can hear you perfectly. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you perfectly. It all worked out. Technology, something else. (laughs) How are you? Hey, I'm upright taking nourishment, so it's a good day. That's a good thing. Yeah. (laughs) How are you doing right now with the uh, with the whole lockdown thing? Are are you getting out of the house? Do you find yourself bouncing off the walls? Uh, You know, we always have people on. Like the mayor's been on a couple of times. We've had a couple of businessmen on from the area. You you know, you've been on the show before. We've never done it this way. Uh, What is your? How much has the life changed of Mark Marzullo over the last six weeks? 
Well, uh, fortunately for me, my business is an essential business, so I get to stay open. Oh, good. So that's worked out well. We sell heating and air conditioning and plumbing materials to contractors that, you know, so, you know, you're going to have to have heat. You're going to have to have hot water. So uh, we're an essential business. That's good. So basically you're still going to work every day. So now are you walking around with like a face covering? Do you get worried about the idea that like you're going to come into contact with a lot of different people and then who you could come in contact afterwards? Cause I keep thinking, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I know the nurses get the mask, especially the ones that are in the ward. I know a few of them. I know a few personally that are working with COVID-19 patients. I know they're being issued specific things, but those that are essential businesses, you're basically on your own. You're like, I got to survive. I'm lucky enough that I could stay open and I could still continue to do business, but you're also still coming in contact with people and that's got to get you a little bit worried, right? Well, we've done business in a whole different way is what you can expect during this uh, situation. Uh, for example, I have a counter area where you come into, it's all plexiglass off. Uh, you can't get anywhere near my counter. You know, you've got to stand at least 10 feet away to place an order. Uh, we disinfect twice a day. My counter guys all have masks. Uh, you know, I was kind of ahead of this curve as far as back in March when I started sniffing something going south. And I went out and I got all the, when you could buy Lysol products, when you can buy masks, when you can buy everything with no problem. Uh, so I was fortunately stocked up with that. And then the government's or uh, the governor's order came down and we were fairly prepared at my at my location. So you know, I'm in a good spot. That's a good thing. So let's switch over to your your job as a village trustee. How is that working right now? I mean, are you are you guys getting together? Are you doing everything through video conference? And, and what exactly do you do you do discuss? Because the mayor sends out his, his email every week, and I love it. I love the letter. We talked to him last week. I told him how much I appreciate it. He's got a very positive attitude, and he's trying to stay in contact with those within the village. But I, I imagine that you, you want to contact each other and talk about things, but how much real power do you have right now while you have this governor's order sitting over you and you're kind of just like, well, what do we do? Like, what, what is the trustees? What do you guys do in these days? Well, what we've had, uh, we've already had one village meeting last month. How we did it was, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a village hall, but the trustees kind of sit at the top uh, uh, on a podium right. and the audience is down below. Well, our last meeting, the mayor was, we've only, we, we've said four trustees only because that's the minimum need for a quorum. Uh, the mayor sat up at top, separated at least 10 foot away from the village clerk. We set up four large tables down where the audience normally participates. And we put four, I was one of the four trustees the first meeting. And we conducted, you know, our basic village business. We still have to pay bills. We still have to operate. We still have things going on. And we had to do it in a sensible way. Uh, we couldn't do it as far as the video conferencing that we have now. We, we're, we're not that sophisticated yet. But we kept, you know, real good social distancing, uh, at least 10 feet away, got our business done and adjourned a meeting within 20 minutes. So it's a 20 minute meeting. You sit down, you try to get through the essential things. Is there a point, uh, you know, in, in I have to tread so lightly with everything I talk about here because everybody is so up in arms, especially over the last week. And I want people to understand, we're just going to ask these questions because we've got to figure out where everybody kind of sits here, but you've got people that are on all ends of the spectrum right now. You've got folks that are like, I'm staying in my house and everybody else should stay in their house. 
until they have a vaccine. And that could be 18 months from now. You have people that are on the complete opposite side are like, this is stupid. I don't believe in it. Let's just all go walk around and hug each other. Whoever gets it, gets it. Whoever dies, dies. If you live, you live. And, and this is crazy. And then you have a bunch of spectrum spots all in the middle there going along. So I'm sure you're running into people. And I don't know if you're running into a lot of people, but as a village trustee, I'd be shocked if the village hasn't heard from at least one businessman saying, can I open up again? This is ridiculous. Like, are you are you running into any resistance at all or is everybody on board right now? Well, my personal experience is number one is that uh, I'm fortunate to have my my daughter is an ICU nurse at the University of Chicago in the COVID ward. So I understand firsthand how this affects people. My daughter is uh, really a frontline first responder. I, 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 I'm so proud of her. So I get, you know, and she had, she lived with us and she had to move out of the house um, because she didn't want to infect us. So I understand the seriousness of this. So I get it. Uh, do I like it? Uh, do I, but the rules are the rules. I think that uh, most business people, most people I talk to in Evergreen Park get it. They understand that social distancing right now is the way we need to go. Yeah, people are getting tight. People got to go back to work. People need money. We need to figure this out uh, more sooner than later. Uh, I don't like the, I think the governor should take an approach of county by county opening because the, the issues that we have in Cook County are not the issues they have in Southern Illinois. I don't think they should use the state as a whole, open a whole state or not open a whole state. Evergreen Park is more, of, of course, is more uh, uh, of an urban area. We're, we're, we're close to where a lot of the issues are at. So we kind of have to, you know, do the right thing. But we're going to have to start helping these businesses out. Yeah, no, I agree with that. We, we have to figure out how we're going to help them out. Because, I, you know, me personally, I look at it and I go, OK, I get the social distancing. I've been one of the big proponents here on the EP podcast saying put a mask on when you're walking outside or at least keep it on you. I mean, there, you know, when I'm walking down the street, I keep one around my neck. And if, I, if there's no way I can avoid the people walking towards me, I put it on. Otherwise, I go, I'm actually one of those people I play Pac-Man in the street. Like, it's just like try to avoid the ghost coming down the hallway. Like, I move out to the center of the street. I cross. Oh, I'm, like, I'm going to tell you something. Some people really appreciate it. Like, you're walking towards somebody and you see them about a half block down and just kind of like, Okay, are they going to move first or am I going to move? And if somebody moves, the other person gives them a nod. Sometimes I cross the street and it's like the person looks at me like, what, what kind of jerk are you? What do I stink? And it's like, it's like, do I really have to have this conversation with you? We should all be avoiding each other. So I, I, that's what I do. I keep the mask around me. I've been, I've been keeping that up. I've been telling people that's what they should go out and do. On the other hand, the realist in me says it's going to take a long time for a vaccine and there's absolutely no way that I could sit in my house for 18 months. I, I just, I don't, and I don't know how businesses survive. If they do that. So I would think at some point looking down the line, I don't know if you guys have talked about this, but some point looking down the line, the, there is going to be a reopening and I wonder if it'll be guidelines, but then the villages or the counties or the local governments or whatever have to figure out not only what do they want to actually do and how they're going to enforce it. And you guys are going to get really busy really quick. Have you talked about the possibility that you may actually get something handed to you? It might not be immediately, but eventually you might actually have to make certain decisions as to what you want to do and just kind of throw ideas around. You don't need to tell me what the ideas are. I'm just curious if you guys have talked about that. Well, basically what we have, to, we have to take our marching orders from the governor of the state. I haven't seen the county's been kind of laid back on this. Um, 
so we go by the governor's recommendations. However, it's going to come to the point where businesses are going to have to reopen. And if he doesn't do it by May 15th, the, something that I don't understand is how can I go to Target? Of course, I social distance and we all do the thing. We have to go there. But I can't go to Kohl's. We're going to have to open businesses sensibly with social distancing. It's the only way the world will survive because a normal small business is out of cash in two weeks. We're four to eight weeks into this already. We have to get the back to some normal activity. There will be nothing left if we do not figure this out, how to operate in social distancing in the future. Yeah, well, I'll tell you as a, as a small business, I'll tell you that I, half, of my, half of my last month was paid for with those that still were able to afford to advertise on the EP podcast and the broadcast basement on demand radio network. And half of it was my stimulus check. I mean, I, I literally showed up and my wife, she's making her money. And I'm like, we need that. She's like, okay. I mean, you know, but we're, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in two months. So I get the whole idea that eventually things are going to have to like function in some way. And you're going to have to, like, I see there are a couple different businesses. I'm going to give a shout out to cool clouds. They're here in Evergreen park. I saw Reed Nuttall go online and do a video showing how he had rearranged the interior of his store because he's an essential business. He moved the cash register to another place. He put little X's on the floor. This is where you stand. He made aisles with blue tape. He put limits up as to who could walk in the door and he's doing curbside. So I see a guy like him who was afforded the opportunity to do it responsibly and he found a way to do it responsibly. And he's one of those guys I follow him on social media personally. Like we become friends after we met, you know, his business associates. He's on every day saying, put on your mask, knock it off, social distance. So he wants nothing more than for people to social distance. But he, as a business owner, has been very responsible because he was given the opportunity to do it. So I would think at some point down the, down the line, Businesses are all waiting for, okay, when do I get my opportunity? But somebody's going to have to give them guidelines like, hey, by the way, you got to do this, you got to do that. And then it might be on the village to show up and come walking in the door and be like, hey, uh, you guys are missing this or you're doing this wrong, you know? And then that becomes a tricky area, doesn't it? Because then you're like, well, we don't want to run around like a police state, but we also want to make sure everybody knows the rules. And and I I think as a village, we've kind of stayed away from this. This is going to be kind of a strange statement for someone who's in village government, but I believe the less government interferes with your life, the better off we all are in a lot of cases. So I believe that a business person, I believe that individuals can make the common sense argument that said, listen, I can open my business. I know how to do the right thing because nobody, everybody realizes the severity of this. So nobody wants to do the wrong thing. Just let give the business community the opportunity to do the right thing. If they do the wrong thing, then we're going to figure out how to police it. Uh, we don't know how that would come down. But I'm sure if I walked into a place knowing the situation and nobody was wearing masks and there was people hanging all over the joint, I would turn around and walk out. Yeah. No, and I've said that too. I've said that to, to Hannah. and I, don't, I won't mention businesses, but I see businesses in Evergreen Park that have done a very good job. And I see all their drivers, all their delivery people, all their people that are going out to the curb. They're wearing masks, they're wearing gloves, they've got policies with no contact. And I've seen one or two of them that have not figured it out yet. And, and, and it, you know, I think people are making a decision there. If they're still sitting around saying, well, wait a minute, why aren't we getting good business? It might be because, as I've said before, maybe you'll agree with me in this market, maybe you won't. It only takes one person in the house to sit there. It could be my wife, could be me. 
to sit there and say, I'm not going there because I don't think that they're doing it right. And I, I am not sitting in my house to look like an idiot eight weeks into this thing and get sick. Like if I follow well, everything, I'm not getting sick off the delivery guy. So you're losing business if you're not following the rules. So that's another thing that jumps into it for a small business. If you don't do it right, you may not get people back in the door, right? Well, I always have a slogan by about people that don't do the right thing. And I, I said, it, it, I forgot what my slogan was. Or, uh, no, if breathing wasn't automatic, you'd probably suffocate. Right. <laughs> and there are people like that, that you got to tell them when to breathe and when not to breathe. But I, I'm sure the majority of us will do the right thing. And I depend on people like you, me, Hannah, and anybody that's listening, when they go into an establishment and they feel the right thing's not being done, they should walk out of that establishment, period. No gray area. Then that guy will get it. Right. I think that's how it exactly it'll work. I, I, I was getting ready to ask you how you could have a slogan and then forget it. But luckily you came up with it. Let's move on to something a little bit lighter. I got a lot of slogans. That's why I forgot that one. <laughs> Let's, let's move it's on a to family something. show. I can't tell you most of them. <laughs> let's let's move on to something a little bit lighter, okay? Let's get back into the 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 life of everybody that's uh, that's dealing with this right now. Uh, are you eating better now that you're that you're in the quarantine? Because I find that I get gourmet meals every night because the you know my wife is just looking for something to do and she can't just go out of the house and you're just kind of stuck and she's shopping online, Mark. And she just goes, oh, that's really interesting. I'll order one of those. Because it's like sitting on a page in front of her instead of her walking through the aisle. Tonight I had something that was like some Hawaiian dish. I said, <laughs> I said it's got to be something Polynesian. She couldn't tell me. There was like rice and a chicken and there was like a, a sweet sauce and some pineapple in it. I'm like, what is this? She's like, I, I read it online while I was shopping. Are, are you, do you feel like you're putting on the pandemic 15 right now? I put on the pandemic uh, 10 already. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to like eating whatever I got to eat again to get healthy again. But yeah, we're, we're just in a habit. We're just eating whatever we can get. And uh, I mean, I'm eating. I went to Petey's bungalow last night. I was eating. I'm like, let's try that place out oh, there. So and, yeah. and I'm eating like a king over there. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. I never ate this good in my life. Yeah, I think that the one interesting thing here is. I'm curious about what it will be like when things open. I always said it was going to be messy when things open up, but at some point when things get into a flow again, it'll be interesting to see. First of all, I hope everybody survives, but who's the first person that turns around and starts to start, decides to start a new business? Because I can imagine all of that stopped when this happened. You know, I mean, I'm sure you guys were talking to people that were interested in doing something in Evergreen Park, and that's all been tabled during this, right? You're 100% correct. It just, it's... Like we go to meetings, there's no business licenses or, you know, everyone doesn't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And, you know, if you're in a business community, uh, you know, an uncertain future is no future. Do you guys talk? And and again, like, I, I don't know what the, what your, what your answer is going to be. And I don't know if you've had the conversation, but do you, I mean, even if it's not officially, I, I'm sure you talk to the other trustees. Do you sit down and you talk oh, to yourself? Absolutely. Like, I mean, we've got, we've, what, what are we going to do here if this thing lasts too long and we've got businesses that we're never able to open up again? Like, is there anything we can do as a village or are you are you pretty much stuck? Because it's not like you're a bank. It's not like you got a bunch of money like sit off, sitting off to the side. Is there anything you can do to advocate for those that are maybe like just caught in the worst possible position here in Evergreen Park? Well, one of the thoughts was is is and I was never a proponent of having um, gambling machines in the restaurants and bars. We've always stayed away from it. We've always had enough revenue in the village. Every, believe me, every owner of a restaurant and a bar has come to us way before this and wanted to have these type of devices because they're good money makers. 
And we always felt that it wasn't a necessary thing to have. I always felt that. I can't speak for all the trustees. I'm at the point now, when this ends, whatever these businesses need, now I'm not saying I don't want to be like some other suburbs where there's a gambling machine and you know they open up a wine bar now, but some of our established businesses are going to need things like that. Anything we can do to help these business people, we're going to have to look at it. And even if it was something we thought that was negative in the past, we're going to have to take a look at it and see how we can turn it into a positive to benefit these businesses. Yeah. And the other thing I keep wondering, the one thing I always think about is the restaurants. I don't know about you, Hannah, but my wife came to me uh, today and made some comment like, man, I'd love to have a date night. I said, where do you want to go? We can't go anywhere. Like, no, you can't, can't go. Have a date night. to go. Can't get away from the kids. I can't go anywhere. And I and I thought to myself, I was like, even when they open things up again, like they might say it's half capacity. They might have to oh, have special things. It's that, not like, going to be normal. It is things not going to be like, normal. Like I wish that I had the capital to come up with some kind of portable divider you could throw up in restaurants because I feel like there's going to be some technology somebody's going to make a ton of money off of to sanitize restaurants so people can come into the business and sit down. And then I also wonder, like like Mark said, they're going to have to do everything they can to get the businesses off the ground. So it's going to be like, I need a permit to have this. So I want to bring in a, a UV ray or I've got to do so, you know, something crazy that they've got to do. And, and the village is going to have to kind of sort through everything quickly, but have that in mind. Like we've got to make sure that we keep people uh, you know, afloat. And that's going to be a difficult thing to make a decision on, Mark, because you you know that if you didn't like the video gambling two years ago, two years after everything goes back to normal, you're going to be like, oh, now we're stuck with it. Like, that, and that's going to be the difficult choice that you guys are going to have to go out and make. True, true. And, but we're going to, you know, we're in a different world right now. I would suspect that some of the restaurants we have here, and it's unfortunate, I hope they, I hope they can survive. That we have great, great. Uh, I, I I feel sorry for a great restaurant in town, Unidad. Great restaurant, just started out. What a what a what a kick in the stomach to have. You know, you can't work anymore. You can't support your family anymore. But I think what's going to happen that those when this when this opens that, you know, businessmen are are, are pretty good entrepreneurs and especially small businessmen, and they're going to come and say, okay, if I got to open up again, and this is some of the parameters that I need to make open up. They'll come up with dividers. They'll come up with safety issues. They'll uh, they'll figure it out. The government, the state government, the federal government have to give us some credit to do some things on our own to make it work. Well, I think Unidad actually, uh, Sal just opened back up again, I think about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. I know he's trying to do right. the curbside thing, and that's a good thing. He was able to reopen. But places like Unidad, uh, unfortunately, I know the Red Palm is still closed. And and if he's able to open back up again, though, I'm I'm seeing some states are saying if you have a patio, they that you're able to put people out on there because it's outside during the summer. So it might be something that shows up in a month. And I hope I'm crossing my fingers. It's like if you got a patio, open it up because a lot of the restaurants around here have patios, and it might yes. save them a little bit if they're able to start filling up the patios outside. So there's a lot of stuff that kind of goes into it. I just wonder. You know, it sounds to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm going to let you get off for this because I don't want to keep you for too long, but you you correct me if I'm wrong here. It sounds to me, though, that Evergreen Park wants to do everything they can for the businesses. They're going to take their lead from what's going on with the governor's office, although they're sitting there and they're saying, we are preparing for what we know is inevitable. At some point, things are going to have to open back up again, and we have to support the businesses, and they don't want to turn into driving around and checking on everybody. They really want to try to avoid that unless it becomes absolutely necessary. Did I wrap that all up in a, in a nice little package there? I, I, I think that's correct. Uh, I, I think you're, you're exactly, the, the governor's going to make, sooner or later this is going to go up with, with some rules from the state. 
And but the state can't enforce anything. They, they don't have the manpower. They don't have the wherewithal. So they're dependent on the municipalities and the villages to kind of patrol that thing. But that's not the you know we don't want to be in that business. But that's the business I think we're going to be forced into is just to make sure when we do open up, get it right. Because here's the downside: if we don't get it right, we go back into this stuff in the mm-hmm. fall. It's over. It's right. over. Right. You're getting one shot at this deal to, to do it right. We can do it right, get through the fall, get a vaccine. Hey, we're going to get past this, but we got to do it right when we get the chance. Well, Mark, I, I get the whole sentiment of not wanting to go around and, and have to police everybody, but I also understand that there are always going to be stubborn folks, so I think you're going to get stuck having to do it a little bit, but hopefully we you will. won't have to do it too much because I think that people need to realize the only reason why we are in the situation we're at right now in Illinois where other states are further ahead of us is because we didn't actually listen when they told us to stay in the house on March 16th. If, if people are getting sick right now, it was well after they were told to go sit inside of their homes. So somebody wasn't following a rule somewhere and it got passed around and got to that point. And so you have to understand that if you don't follow what's going on out there, unfortunately, we all feel like, I mean, I told Hannah this last week, it's like you're getting talked to by your teacher and you're being told if you don't do this, you're going to be in trouble. And nobody likes being told that when they're an adult because that's how it feels right now. But unfortunately, that doesn't mean it's not the truth. If you don't do this the right way, we'll end up all stuck back in the house in three months. And I don't want that. That's the one thing I don't want. I am going to kill everybody in here. <laughs> well, how about it? I, I can tell you one thing right now. When we do get this past us, when we do have the state, uh, the village will make sure that everyone does it the right way. That's Absolutely. That's, that's going to be part of our role. I understand that. And uh, we have health inspectors, you know, we have, we've got a lot of good people in the village and they'll keep an eye on everything. But again, I believe that the people who own the restaurants and the bars will do it the right way because they know, that, you know, they got families, they, they understand what's going on and they understand if it, it goes south, they're out of business probably. So we got to do it right. All right. Well, that's Mark Marzullo and I appreciate you jumping on, Mark. And thanks for figuring out the whole thing with the new technology. We've been doing the live show because... We get a lot of people that give us feedback that they just like the idea they can talk about or hear about things going on more than once a week, and it gives them an opportunity to jump on and respond or at least talk to us about it. So I appreciate you jumping on and doing it live with us tonight. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, to everybody out there, we just uh, stay safe, uh, do the right thing. There's only one thing I kind of want to mention in the village. Uh, Through our recreation department, Uh, in the mayor's office, they've uh, started a thing called EP Strong. Now, what EP Strong basically is, is that for a $20 donation, you'll get a sign on your lawn, and I believe it will say EP Strong. They're going to be handing them out. I think today started Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They sold out today. They sold out today. They're going to have more of them tomorrow. You know where I'm going with this. (laughs) And and so, you know, just if I have anything, please, people, participate it. The money goes to buy meals for our first responders, and the meals have to be bought at our restaurants. Uh, it was that was this idea was I think it came through our recreation department and I believe me what a great idea to help our first responders and our businessmen I wish I could take credit for this but I can't because I had nothing to do with it but it was a great idea <laughs> good for you <laughs> all right well uh, you stay safe and uh, try not to uh, try not to munch anymore I I had half a bag of pota- half a bag of potato chips last night. And I don't even eat potato chips anymore. And it's just because it was there. That's how, that's how bored I am. I'm bored eating right now. I'm about to have a fight with a bag of cookies. So (laughs) (laughs) it's Mark Marzullo. I think the cookies are going to win. 
You take care, buddy. <laughs> All right. Thanks, and everybody stay safe. All right. All right. Thanks, Mark. Awesome. Bye, Hannah. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Awesome. I love it. Hey, Southsiders. Are you White Sox fans? The number one most downloaded White Sox podcast, according to podbean.com, is Socks in the Basement, and it's part of the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. Insider interviews, stat breakdowns, and coverage year-round. Join me and my buddy Dave and all kinds of great guests each and every week for 30 Minutes of Socks. It's found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. You had an idea. You you wanted people to call in, and I keep trying to explain to you that even on regular radio, people don't really call the radio station. And I, I don't know. feel like faking phone calls. Because in radio, half the people that call in are pre-recorded. Just to get other really? people to call in and argue with them. Yes, this is an old radio trick. I never do that. Oh, everybody does it. I learned that from Man Cow Muller, personally. He told me. All right? It's all made up. Half of the people on Man Cow shows are his friends. Or the producer in the back room. And it's the same for everybody. Well, that's no good. Stern does it. That's everybody no does it. Okay? It's all of his guys that work for his show that do the Baba Booey thing. Then he goes, I don't know. It must have been some listener because they love me. That isn't true. It doesn't actually happen. It's just, that's not how it works. <laughs> There's all kinds of research over decades and decades that say it doesn't work that way. So yeah, I could probably get three or four listeners if I faked the first three calls and then it got mm-hmm. people whipped up because somebody said something ignorant. That's what you do. Yeah. The trick is... You find something to say somebody something that really would just tick people off. Because people that, aren't going to call in to say anything good. They're going to call in to, to complain. People don't call in to say nice things. People call in to complain about things. They have to get so yeah. angry that they're willing to put their voice on the air. And people aren't willing to do that unless they're angered. That's why there's always something controversial on the radio. This is just I'm just giving you radio 101 from a guy that's sat inside the industry. And this is how it works. They, every radio station has these little things next to them. That are like have all their phone calls saved, digitized, and they can edit them really quickly. And they can okay. just sit there and be like, so they can have a 10 minute conversation with some listener one night or during the day or have somebody call them up and they could save it for the moment that they think they need it when they need to get phone calls. And then they hit the button and it plays. Well, that's no good. That's how it works. So, so I don't that's feel no like good, doing though. it. So uh, you, I know you as somebody that has not done radio before, you no. really want to have listeners call up here. Okay, so I think it's cool. You tell me what you want people to call up for. We will put it out on social media, and I we okay. will see if we can get you some legitimate listeners that will call up. And talk. Yes, that's what I want. Okay, I'm going to think about this, and we're going to put it up on social media, and we're going to tell you, like, hey, you know, call in. I don't this think is anybody what calls. You can talk about. Nobody's calling. Oh, we can try. We're going to try. Nobody's. We calling. are going to try. Well, I've talked to a lot of people that say, "Well, I want to call in. I don't know right what now. to say." I'll bet you five dollars right now. They say I don't know. So we're going to tell them what they can say because they're nervous. All right. I'll bet you $10. I'll bet you $10. Nobody calls in on Friday. Why do you have to be so negative? You can either have it in cash or in wine. I'll send you a $10 a bottle of wine. I'll have it order for you online. It'll show up at your door. Okay. Wine. Or 10 bucks in cash. You want the wine? Wine. Of course you want the wine. Okay. $10 in wine. wine. I want $10 Deli- good Deliver wine. to your door if you can get a caller. Okay. And it can't be somebody and- with a southern accent or no, whose voice I recognize, local. Hannah, because be you planted local. them. I am not going to plant anyone. Okay. It's going to be someone local. They're going to want to call in and right. they're going to want to talk to us because. They're not. That, like, look, I'm going to be extra friendly. <laughs> 
And people want to call in and they're going to want to talk to All right, us. You have, you have less than 48 hours to find a caller to get a bottle of wine. That's your- yes. <laughs> okay, everyone, please help me with this. <laughs> Plus, Chris just has to lose. We All just right. need to make sure Chris loses. <laughs> All right, Anna. Remember, we will be back on Wednesday night live at 7 p.m. and Friday afternoons at 4 p.m. as always at the eppodcast.com through the Podbean app. If you don't have the Podbean app, go direct to the eppodcast.com or just check it out in your app store. Maybe you can call in for free and get Hannah a bottle of wine. We'll see you next week. Stay strong, Evergreen Park. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the dude is basement. And the dude is basement. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's basement. Broadcast basement. The Nudie's Basement The Broad Basement Slancha The EP Podcast Heard everywhere podcasts can be found And always at the eppodcast.com She hates her life, she hates her skin, she even hates her friends Tries to hold on to all the reputation she can mend and there's some chance we can't fail But the last time someone was always there when for fail When will we fall? When will we fall? When will we fall down? I'll jump back, gotta get out of here Been too, too long this time Jump back, gotta get out of here when will we, when will we fall down? When will we, when will we fall down?